Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey y'all, we're back for another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Tom. (laughs) I was going to say there's no Tom tonight. So first time ever we're recording without a member of the trio. We're we're down an elf, um, but for good reasons. So Tom, Anthony, and I love the podcast and we love Christmas, but family is the most important thing to us. So we are having to record this week without Tom. He is taking some much needed family time after a whole lot of traveling. So Anthony and I are going to pal it up tonight and right a wrong from last week's episode of Parks and Rec where we completely neglected a Christmas episode, which is tragic. It is tragic, but is tragic. I say, and I know it might not be fair to some people to blame Tom since he's not on to defend himself, <laughs> but I think it was Tom's following this head episode, guys. Just <laughs> It might not be fair, but we're going to do it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Big thanks to G.J. Davila for bringing to our attention, or it was the first person that brought it to my attention that commented, hey, you forgot one. And I was like, oh, crap, we did. Um, So this is a a special mini-sode for listeners out there. We're breaking from format altogether. It's just two of us, so we're just going to go completely off the rails. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) cover... The season four Parks and Rec Christmas episode, Citizen Nope. And then at the end of the episode, we will be doing some hardcore spoilers for Endgame. So Total for those of you- spoilers. Oh, like we will be completely digesting the movie. Anthony and I have seen it and we, of the three of us, are the two most excited about it. So um for those of you who have not listened to last week's episode of Parks and Rec, please go back, listen to that one first so that you can get the big batch of Parks and Rec Christmas episodes. And while you guys may be missing Tom this week, at least you won't have to hear Marvel, Marvel, grumble, grumble, <laughs> better. <laughs> That's true. That won't happen. Nope, not this week. <laughs> not this so for week. those of you Tom, Tom, we love you. If we do love you, Tom. We miss Tom. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of feedback saying, y'all were great, but it's better when you're together. I would agree. So for those of you who have not seen Endgame, this is your warning. And we'll put another one up as we get closer to the end of the episode. We do not want to spoil the glory that is this movie for you. So we'll give you a chance to cut out. We'll give you multiple chances to cut out if you don't want any spoilers towards the end of the episode. Because we're cool like that. (laughs) Did I tell you what happened in church? No, you didn't. What happened? Okay. So this was, so we go to church on Saturday nights. 
and we're part of like the cleanup crew. So after our second Saturday night service, we clean the whole place up and pick up all the trash and stuff. So while we were picking the trash up, bear in mind, this is the Saturday after Endgame came out. So we're picking trash up and I have been like militant about avoiding social media. Ethan had seen the movie Friday night and like anytime he tried to say something to me, I gave him a look and I stopped him. So anyway, we're cleaning up and there were these three people at the front of the room and I heard the word Loki and I didn't even know who they were, but I straight up stood up and I'm like, Hey, are y'all talking about Endgame by any chance? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, could you not do it in here? Because I don't want to hear anything, <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure I mortified Marty a little bit because I don't know those people, but you know, I feel like there was a healthy respect because one of the guys looked at me and he was like, Oh, I'm really glad you told us. And they walked outside and they kept talking about it outside. <laughs> it's definitely a movie. The less you go, the less, you know, going in, the better your experience will be. Absolutely. I feel bad. Yeah. Cause I think I spoiled it for someone at work. Cause in the morning I was talking with one of my friends in the kitchen about the movie and she's seen like half the Marvel film, but she doesn't, she's not really into it. So she's like, you know, just tell me what happens. So I was telling her in great wow. detail. And the poor guy is just closest to the kitchen. I guess he hadn't seen it yet. And he really wanted to. Oh. So I, <laughs> I came out and this guy never has headphones in as his headphones were in. I was like, oh, what are you listening to? He was like, I had to put on some kind of music because you were sp- <laughs> I didn't oh, want to happen. Human. <laughs> I know. I felt so bad. Oh, that's that's a bad feeling. I've done that inadvertently, I think, and it's a bad feeling. <laughs> I know. But before we get to Endgame, which honestly, well, it'll, I feel it may take up the bulk of this episode because this yeah, episode of Parks and Rec isn't very Christmassy to me. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's not. And I was totally like, oh, that's a super Christmassy one. And then when I went back and watched it, it's really just these bits and pieces that feel very Christmassy. So this episode of Parks and Rec is, again, from the fourth season. So that puts it about 2011 air date. Um, At this point in the series, we have Leslie Nope, who is in full campaign mode. So she's... She's working with some consultants to get her image going. Um, Her and Ben are dating. They are not, are they engaged yet? They're not engaged. Okay. It only just became public that they're dating. So they're kind of suspended from work right now. Right. Right. So Leslie's stir crazy like she is when she's not working. Ben is a different kind of stir crazy since he's not working, which is the fun part of the episode as well. Um, we have Chris Traeger who is dedicating his time to pulling Ben out of what he presumes is a deep depression because he's not working. Another side story is since Leslie is not in the office um, and she makes such a big deal out of Christmas, which I love. She always gets the perfect <laughs> gifts for people, not just Christmas, but like she is an awesome gift giver. Um, her, her, you know, office mates pull together and try and give her a really good gift that'll totally blow her mind. So that's what they're consumed with during the episode. Um, can I, I just say, it? by the way, so I'm rewatching Parks and Recs now because Parks and Rec now, because last week put me in the mood to just rewatch the series. And I figured I watched The Office <laughs> enough time, rewatched it so many times. And I've rewatched Parks and Rec a few times. I figured I'd watch this one again. 
you are totally mm-hmm. Leslie Nope. <laughs> just enthusiasm <gasps> and positivity and everything. I feel like you guys have very similar humors too. <laughs> Which is a good thing. So happy. Well, yeah, it's a good thing. She's perfect. She has no flaws at all. <laughs> I love Leslie Nope. She's one of my favorite fictional characters. Um, so the plot synopsis for this one is Leslie tries to keep herself busy during her suspension from the department, but gets some bad news about her campaign. Meanwhile, Ben searches for a job in the private sector and the office makes the perfect Christmas gift for Leslie. This is a funny episode. <laughs> it's a funny episode, but it, like I said before we got into it, it's kind of lacking the Christmas cheer. It is. It definitely doesn't have the, like, even in, there's not Christmas in all of the scenes. Even as, like, background, you know, if you're not even in a Christmassy scene, sometimes there'll be a Christmas tree in the background. There's really not a lot of that. Um, the Parks Department itself looked very Christmassy. It did. Like, I'd say it would, looked the best of the three episodes, like, in terms of their background decorations. Yes. Yeah, wait, um, I don't know. Inside the actual office itself, specifically between the three? Yeah, just inside the yes. office. I totally agree. Yeah. Outside of the office, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, no, outside. I was thinking that town square was pretty magical. You can't beat that from the first one. But um, so I really like the Ben not having a job subplot in this one. <laughs> <laughs> and if Tom were here, he would wax and wane about how much he loves Ben. Um, he's a little bromance going on with Ben. Uh, and I totally get that from this episode. So we get the best of the Benisms. We get the Calzone. Oh my ben- God. Ben's <laughs> obsession with Calzone. Calzone. <laughs> I, <love that. laughs> I do too. What does he say? He, want, he wants to build a restaurant. Well, sure we'll get to that in quotes because that'll definitely be somebody's <laughs> quote. Um, I have always loved the stop animation part of this episode where he has he spends all this time on learning how to do claymation and um when he shows it to chris Traeger, it lasts all of three seconds and you can't believe given how much time you spend on it which i feel like is a christmas as many of these as we've watched on the podcast that kind of made me chuckle a little more mm-hmm. all the effort that goes into this um <laughs> i'm gonna have to correct you as many of I know. We've, we've only watched one. We have only watched one claymation. One just claymation. one. Yes, that's true. That's you think it takes longer than stop animation? It has to. I don't know, man. I've watched the behind because they have to reshape Nightmare Before Christmas, and that looked like. I mean, kudos to those who have the patience to do that. But I watched that, and it looked torturous just watching the behind the scenes, like little fifteen yeah. minutes. On it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I really also, so this starts an ongoing gag on the show with Ben with this um, accounting firm where he's going to be a consultant to a private sector consulting accounting firm. So he's going to do accounting for an accounting firm, which made me laugh. Um, but the guy that works at that accounting firm that laughs at all of Ben's really dumb dad jokes, uh, he comes back a few times in the series. And I really love that. He's been in before this episode, too, which I know because I've just been watching season two (laughs) again. And uh, do you remember the episode where Leslie is dating Anne's lawyer friend played by Justin? um, What's his Uh, name? Thoreau. 
Thoreau. She has, uh, she's trying to throw that dinner party. And so she has yeah. all the people who do the extracurricular stuff, like come over and do free entertainment, saying <laughs> she's like assessing them. And he, he shows up at her house like, I demand a, I demand a, you know, FaceTime with you. I teach the accounting class. You know, everyone else is kidding. So he teaches <laughs> accounting and uh, he puts them all to sleep while he presents to them at a dinner party. Oh, that's funny. I didn't remember he was in it before this. Yep. He makes me laugh. He does. He's um, funny. He is It's funny. that dry sense of... Yeah. <laughs> I just like watching him laugh at Ben's jokes. It His really bad joke. <laughs> His really bad jokes. I can appreciate a really bad joke, though. So you know what cracked me up this episode? Was the subplot in the office where they're making Leslie a gingerbread model of the office and Ron who is amazing with the woodworking (laughs) can't put together a gingerbread house (laughs) it stresses him out so bad too that's what I love so much he's so mad at himself that he can't do it oh that is funny so I do so that's that's the Christmassy element of this episode is they decide to band together and knowing how much she loves not only the parks and rec department, but how much she loves Christmas. They decide to make a replica of their office with candy, you know, and what was funny was Ron's original idea was to make an actual replica of it, like with wood, like a replica of it. And then Anne speaks up and she's like, we should do it with candy. <laughs> and he gets totally downvoted and he's a little bummed about that. And we find out later he is absolutely terrible at constructing with gingerbread. Can't do it. Um, I like how each person's portion of their office is suited to their personality <laughs> especially Absolutely. donna meagles <laughs> she uses this silver m&ms but they don't come in silver so she had to spray paint it silver <laughs> and then you look over at andy his mouth is all silver <laughs> and Anne goes go throw up and he's like well i didn't need any of them. go throw up <laughs> um but yeah. Ron has a really sweet moment at the end where he did make out of wood her uh, future city council office. Yeah, so let's talk about how she got to that point. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, Marshmallow Ron Swanson. We didn't even talk about that. It That's the best exactly thing ever. Like it. <laughs> it did. And I liked that with a little moment with April and Ron. I've always liked April and Ron's uh, relationship on the show. And I love that she's the one that made it. And he was very appreciative. I love that he, so I love Ron's relationship with her, April and Leslie. And the thing mm-hmm. he respects about them both is that they keep him from doing the work. April, like, yeah. totally makes up dates to schedule meetings that never come, except for the one time she messed up. Except March for the 30. one time. <laughs> and uh, Leslie... Like every time it looks like she's about to lose her job or get in trouble or something, he goes to bat for her because if she loses her job, he has to do the work and he can never do it. As we've seen in a few episodes, he has to do her work. Well, that, and he obviously cares about her, but I mean, like he's totally out for himself too, a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. I really do love, I love their relationship in this one. Um, I also forgot to mention that PCP is a big part of this episode as well. 
<laughs> so Leslie, again, she's going stir crazy because she can't do anything in her office. So she decides to do city work, but just on the other side of it. So instead of being the person behind the desk, she forms a focus group called PCP, which is Parks Committee of Pawnee. Um, and what does she say? Just like PCP, we're highly addictive and high energy or something like that. I can't something like that. <laughs> um, but so she, you, you get to see her, you know, still in her element, but kind of in a different way. Um, and that's kind of fun to see her like that too. And all of this is driven because her polling scores are terrible because of the scandal with Ben. Um, and so she's trying to. This, just for those who haven't seen it, the scandal with Ben is, you know, when people found out they were dating, it's kind of why she's on suspension now. They're trying to find out if she was, you know, dating, sleeping with him to get, you know, further ahead, basically. Right. Um, another fun aspect of this episode, and it was only in it briefly, but I liked this whole era of the show when Ben was living with Andy and April. And there is only a really <laughs> brief scene in this episode. It's after April, uh, not April, Leslie leaves the dinner Ben had, they had had at Ben's, at Ben's house. And the minute she walks out, he just hears them clearing their throat in the back room. And he's like, you can have the rest. And April and, and Andy come out to finish her spaghetti. Like, it's just so funny. <laughs> I loved Ben oh, living with, the with them. Just because, yeah, with the salt. No, straight sugar at that point, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. It was just straight sugar. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. It's such an odd couple. Ben, um, ben living there with Andy and April. It was always funny. And April it was, was always funny. funny. Like I love the episode where they do the Halloween party without letting him him know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's such a good episode. Ron takes Ron takes Anne around, teaches her how to fix stuff. <laughs> he just fixes stuff for fun at that party because he has to be there. Oh man, I love the show. It's so funny. So the redemptive moment at the end where Anthony had mentioned that Ron got to use his woodworking skills is when um Leslie's political campaign advisors leave her because she's polling so low. So she's down in the dumps um, because she still wants to be on the city council and she comes into her office and she sees the candy cane, you know, the, the gingerbread office and she loves it. But most importantly, like a um, running for office banner drops down behind all everybody in the group. And then, um, they tell her basically that they will be her new campaign team and they're there to work for her. And, and it's, it's very so sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Ron crafts a city council office chamber with a marshmallow Leslie sitting in the seat, which is sweet. It is sweet. <laughs> it's perfect. And so this is what launches her into the next episodes where she's running for city council and she's using them as her staff. So, which are all very funny episodes too. Definitely keep watching after this one. This is a winner. Just watch the whole show if you haven't seen it. The whole show is a winner. It is. I really love it. I need to rewatch it. You wanna? You Going wanna do quotes. some quotes? <laughs> yeah. I do. I do want to do some quotes. Oh, so I like when they're revealing their little parts of the gingerbread house that they made and the candy they made themselves out of. And Tom is talking about a. Uh, He's like, 
um, what he ma- he made himself out of or what he's going to make himself out of. He said, obviously chocolate, because I'm sweet, smooth, and the ladies love me. Now, the question remains, what kind of chocolate am I? Do I have a gooey caramel center? Am I filled with little Rice Krispies? Maybe I'm white chocolate. I'm bucking all the stereotypes. <laughs> it's just like, oh, just put your damn candy out. And Tom is, <laughs> ultimately, I decided to go with a little gourmet fudge. I didn't have time to make it into anything. And please don't eat it because it costs $50, $5 an ounce. <laughs> I, I just love Tom. Mm-hmm. I love Tom too. Once he Tom, grew on me. And Tom and Donna, when they go into the whole treat yourself thing eventually, yeah. like they're, whenever they team up together, I love the two of them together. Yeah. Donna with any of them is so funny. I love Donna. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like uh, Leslie's quote about giving Christmas gifts. So she says, giving Christmas gifts is like a sport to me. Finding or making that perfect something. It's also like a sport to me because I always win. This year though, my friends won. In fact, I got my beep handed to me. (laughs) (laughs) So she really did. She gave the best gift ever to Ron. So you still see, um, I can't remember what part of the episode it is. It's probably the very, very end where Ron is talking about what she actually did get him for Christmas. And he gets all like emotional. Yes. Because what Leslie gets him is a remote control button that he can close both of his doors. Like with one click and he gets super emotional about it. But that's, I mean, that's why I like Leslie so much because she really cares. So, okay. So you want to know what gift was my favorite that she got her staff. It what? was the one like ever she got or in this episode. In this episode, it was the one okay. she got April. And April holds up this painting and her in like a gladiator Wonder Woman type outfit. Yes. And the heads of the yes. black eyed peas are just all over the ground and bloody. Yeah. And Andy oh, is shirtless sorry. nearby. Like he's like the pinup in the <laughs> painting. And April's just like, these are the black eyed peas. And I finally killed them. It's a Christmas. <laughs> okay, so towards the end of the episode, she's talking, Leslie's talking to Chris Traeger about um, Chris making her not work for a while because of the scandal. He invites her back into the office, and that's almost like another Christmas present for her from him that she gets to come back. And she tells Chris, You were very fair. In fact, I'm the one who needs to apologize. I got you involved in PCP, but I'm starting a new group now, LSD. Leslie's sorry division. And I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that, you know, even though she's a private citizen now, not with the parks department, she knows how the parks department works. So, so she's like, um, I know nobody in there. Reads, only one person in the parks department reads letters and she's amazing, but she doesn't currently work there anymore. <laughs> And then, like, she shows up at, like, Chris's office. Hi, Leslie Nope. And he's like, yeah, be here. Like, I just love that. She knows how to get under their skin when she's outside of the, the park. Yeah, she is the real deal. And I love that um, Andy gets his hand stuck in the jar of, what was it, marshmallows or something? What was it? Um, yeah, that was marshmallows. Maybe some kind of fluffy Yeah, I think thing. it's marshmallows. 
marshmallow fluff or something. <laughs> April's talking about how she has a jar of it in her desk. And Annie's like, well, you did have a jar of it in your desk. <laughs> and he has his hand behind his back. And Anne, like, immediately <laughs> knows. She's like, did you get your hand stuck in the jar? And he's like, yeah, can you help me get it out? And he takes his hand out from behind his back and his hand's stuck in the – and he just starts waving it through the air. <laughs> it's just a – that's what I love about him. He's such a big kid. And he has that line, he too. Is, I love candy. I love eating candy. I love playing with candy. And sometimes I love playing with candy before I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Andy. He's so great. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to it's, give a shout out that John Ralphio is in this episode, too. Oh, I do not like John Ralphio. You don't like him. <laughs> you don't I don't like, like John Ralphio. He makes me laugh for, like, 30 seconds. And then that's about it. And then I'm like, I'm a little done with you. Like on the the episodes where him and Tom are putting together company they have that does the snake juice. It was just a whole lot of John Ralphio. It's just too much. Too much he, John Ralphio. Well, he's like your typical. It's the right amount this episode. It's like your typical D-bag, right? Like I like when. It is. Again, I'm, I just watched, got through season two. I love when April's trying to make Andy jealous at her 21st birthday. So she likes hanging out with John Ralphio. And Andy comes mm-hmm. over, he's like, hey, I'm Andy. And John Ralphie's like, Andy, that's an all right name. That's an all right name. Like, he's just your typical, like, <laughs> D-bag. Well, that's so really. funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exchange between John Ralphio and Ben. And John Ralphio's like, why don't you use that time to go after one of your passions, like model trains or toy Gandalfs or something? And Ben's like, I don't know why he jumped straight to model trains. I mean, it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do love that. I do. <laughs> well, then do you let's talk about does it pass the Linus test? Yeah, so I don't know about this one. There's the heartfelt moment at the end, right? Where Leslie's friends chip in for her success you know and they commit themselves to her success but is that a linus moment i mean it's kind of like it goes back to the debate right do, do you need change to necessitate the moment right which we've had we had a feedback on that a few weeks ago where disco 54 made a case on reddit that there needs to be change yeah um, he was on the tom the tom he's he on, on the, the tom, tom side. that one but i'm not i don't camp for that one but I am not either. But I mean, you, I don't know. It's a hard one because it, it is very sweet yeah. that they're all doing this very nice thing for Leslie and trying to give her the perfect mm-hmm. gift and then end up, you know, deciding to dedicate their time to her. So I want to say mm-hmm. yes, but if it is a yes, it's kind of a stretch. Yeah, I, I could I could do that. I'll say yes, even though it is a bit of a stretch. There is a there is not as much the change of heart, but it does give me the warm, fuzzy, you know, why do we love Christmas? It's the family and friends and the people you surround it with. I might right. slide it over the line barely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with that. Um, I'm interested to hear where this ranks with our other Parks and Rec episodes. Me too. Okay, so I I am going to rank this. It's a funny episode, but I have to take into account the Christmas spirit, and there wasn't a lot of it, so I'm going to give this a four. Okay. I'm going with a six. 
So that gives us the average of an even, it's an even five. And that puts okay. it in third place out of three. So it's Ron and Diane, Christmas special, and then Citizen Nope. And okay. I'm fine with that. I forgot about that. As long as Ron and Diane is first, it's totally fine with me. Big I just watched. You, our listeners, for reminding us of this episode. It would have been terrible to have gotten 10 episodes down the line and realized, holy crap, we missed that one. Jerry Davila is like on top of the game all the time. He's like, yeah, awesome. he is. He knows all the things and has really good input about stuff. And I'm excited for him to guest host an episode coming up. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. So thanks for joining us for the Parks and Rec portion of this episode. Um, for those of you who have not seen Endgame, you need to leave now. You need to go ahead and stop your podcast, even delete it so that you don't like accidentally get kicked to it if you're listening to our old episodes because you really love us so much and all of a sudden the episode kicks in with the end game part and then you'll want to kill us. So don't do that. Just wipe it out. Wipe it totally off your phone. Um, but then definitely because- re-download it after you see it. <laughs> That's right. And come back and listen to this part. Exactly. Um because this I know is definitely the movie that's best experienced fresh. And you guys should all be thanking Tom for being unavailable this episode because this was originally going to be a Patreon episode talking about Endgame, but because we wanted yeah. some kind of content this week and we had yeah. the one Parks and Rec episode to do, you guys are getting for free. So hey, hey. thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so last warning, we're about to launch into Endgame Talk. So, bye guys that haven't seen it. talk about this movie so okay so i just want to say before anything else you and i were so on point with our predictions (laughs) in the iron man episode i do we talked about this before we started recording but i feel super validated for how we nailed some of these predictions and what were all the ones that we got right we both said we thought iron man would die we were right and that he would do it in a way that sacrificed his life in order to save everybody else's, which is exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, we also You're right about Asgardians of the Galaxy. You were right about Asgardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that was like lightning in a bottle. That was amazing. When, that, when I heard that, when I was watching the movie, I was like, I even looked at Hannah and she's like, I don't know why you're excited about that. Um, We thought it was, we thought potentially Captain America would die, which he didn't, but then he sort of kind of did. Like 
we pegged his story as an ending, which it was an ending. I will say I loved what they did with Captain America. So loved it. Yes, I did too. I do too. Like his ending, you mean? Yeah, he that yeah. he gets to live the life that he didn't get with her, and so he's an old. So real quick, was that him in makeup, or was that some guy that looked a lot like him? Uh, so it was him in makeup, and apparently Chris Evans in makeup looks a lot like Joe Biden because <laughs> oh my God. And she was like, oh my God, it's Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> he, that's some amazing makeup because it, I could never figure out if that was actually him or if that was an older gentleman that. So like it was, his, it was his voice. And they, I think they said it was about, what was it? 15% prosthetics and the rest are special effects. Yeah, they did a great job. They did. They did a great so, job. So can I get my one? It's not even a complaint. Can I get my yeah, one? Yeah, I want to hear your complaint. It, it's not a complaint. So I have a very love-hate relationship with time travel movies and just the right. mix of how they work. And I right. thought for the most part, this one made sense, right? Like mm-hmm. you go back in time and it's your future going back. So you can't change the future because your future becomes your past type however they explained it worked for me but then it kind of got confusing to me that cap went back married peggy and had this whole life with her when we know from previous marvel movies she had kids and he even like had a thing with her granddaughter or something at one point weird should not have happened right (laughs) so like i so i don't know like so I was with the time travel up until, and I was happy Cap got ending, but like I was just trying to figure out the logistics of how that part worked. Okay, so would that be better explained? So I'm going to tell you right now, I love time travel movies, and a, a lot of me loving a time travel movie is I completely suspend reality and don't try and figure it out. I sit there blindly in the theater and just absorb it all and be like, this could totally work. (laughs) I am buying into everything and not overanalyzing it. What's your, when you think of time travel, Yeah. what what do you think is like the pinnacle of time? Like, which does it best in your mind? Uh, Back to the future. Hello. So me too. Like if time travel, that's how in my mind I would assume time travel worked. You go back and if you change something, you could mess up the future. Yes, exactly. And I mean, if you, that's the most represented time travel theme in general. So like this one was kind of new to me. And honestly, I didn't wrap my brain around how they explain that where, you know, you're, past becomes your future, whatever, whatever that you just said. I just, again, I just absorbed it because I mean, more well, often like that they had the visual with the ancient one, right? She like showed it branches off right. into a separate reality. Okay. So that's what I was going into. So does that mean that Cappy going back and living his life with her, um, is that just now a branched reality? Is that now multiverse explains that so there is some universe where he's not there and she marries somebody else and she has kids and the cappy and that one kisses his grand potential grand you know what i mean like it's that because the russo brothers said that that's exactly what's happening is branched reality is where it's going and the spider-man trailer spider-man trailer confirmed multiverse exactly so is could that explain that then 
I, I would assume that's the only way for me. That okay. It, that's the only explanation for me that could work. Because if okay. it was the same reality, that. that to me doesn't make sense. Right. Like, that, and like wouldn't there cat. be two cappies walking around at that point then? One cappy well, would be Captain America, and this Captain America ends older. up just being regular Steve, you know? Right. So mm-hmm. Steve gets to live his life married and Captain America is still there fighting the bad guys. Or in the ice. And wouldn't that right? be what would happen? He, he right? would still be in the ice be in up the until ice. a certain point. Right. So really, right, there right. wouldn't really gotcha. be much crossover between the two. No, there wouldn't be because he'd just be Steve. But then that brings but, up the whole point. How do you think, do you think he could really say no to fighting bad guys in a situation? No. You know what I mean? Like, he's but not just know, Captain America because he wears the outfit. It's because his but, heart. Right, his heart. Yeah, like, okay, so that's a movie I want to see. I want to see Cap's time travel going and clipping the branches, as he said, and returning the stones. Like, yeah. I would love to have seen him meet Red Skull again for the first time since, like, <laughs> in America 1. <laughs> like, Can imagine I ask a question about that? when he gets there and sees Red Skull. So... Why is Red Skull on that mountain? Why is he the Why is he the guardian of this whole stone now? So is that just so they could put him back in the movies, or did I miss that completely? So at the end of Captain America one, during the climax, the Tesseract like beamed Red Skull somewhere during the climax. So I assumed it beamed him there. Okay. Because All we- right. I did not remember that. I've. That's not, again, the Captain America series isn't my favorite, so I've watched it once or twice and not made a lot of... It's funny, because the Captain America series isn't my favorite, but Cap as a character in the Avengers is one of my favorites. Like, I love Cap. But... So... Just one more thing about Red Skull and the Tesseract real quick. Yeah. I saw a very funny comment on, in the movies subreddit. And somebody said, at this point, they should just make the Tesseract an honorary Avenger because it's appeared in more movies than any of them combined. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the first stone? It's the first Infinity Stone. Um, so I really liked Captain America in this one because he's – He's beat down, but then he kind of comes back and he's trying to do the whole, you know, how do we get through this? And that, that little support group that he's in after five years has passed. But so I really say, liked the fight between him and himself was so great because <laughs> the other one is like Boy Scout Supreme. And then we've got like Captain America currently that has been through so much crap that he is like beat down and he's so learned, you know. That's what my other... One little nitpick. Are you serious? No, no, no. I I love that fight. And I loved him. Boy Scout Captain America is like, I can do this all day. And he's like, I know. (laughs) I really wanted present day Captain America when he's like that last beaten guy standing and facing Thanos' whole army. I wish he had said that line. What? I could do this all day. I could do this all day. Yeah. I wish well, he said Avengers assemble. Which That's I loved, but at that point yeah. the Avengers are already assembled. Yeah, but hush, you can't <laughs> don't take that away from him. Okay. Don't take it away so, from Kathy. So I really want to <laughs> dive into like everyone. But I just, yeah. just for the, I hope you're not listening to this if you haven't seen it yet. But if those of you are, this movie takes place 
in bulk five years after the events of Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And everyone is just completely like affected by that movie. So Tony Stark essentially retired and he's married to Pepper Potts and has a daughter. Yeah. And he's like a broken guy. This is not, he's still quippy, but he is not as funny or as lighthearted as he usually is in this movie. Uh, Bruce Banner yeah. has learned to merge <gasps> personality with the Hulk and he's become Professor I Hulk. I love smart Hulk. <laughs> I still love <laughs> Professor Hulk. I love him so much. Uh, I love my favorite and I want to get into them all like in detail, but I just want to run through real quick. My yeah. favorite though, Thor. <laughs> Thor, <laughs> Thor is living in New Asgard, which he has established somewhere in Norway. I think it was Norway. He's living in a he's living in a house with Corgan Meek, who we mentioned. (laughs) Happy to see, we wanted to see, so I was very happy to see him. Them, but (laughs) he's let himself go because he's been so like disillusioned with what happened to Thanos, and he's just gained so much weight. He has (laughs) gained so much weight for him. He has like a dad bod, basically, which is amazing. Right. He plays uh, a lot of Fortnite, drinks a lot of beer, <laughs> and he is—he is the dude. He is <laughs> the big Lebowski. Yes, which absolutely. Tony refers to him at one point as Lebowski. Yes, but how does that work? Because Iron Man's first villain played the big Lebowski. He played the dude in the big Lebowski. That was Jeff Bridges, and he played the villain in Iron Man. So, in what world is it where they? Obadiah Stan, Iron Man's business partner, the first Iron Man who turned into the villain. Oh, man. Like, we are throwing it back. Oh, yeah. Don't overanalyze it. The dude abides. <laughs> That's um, how you explain it. <laughs> Captain America is hosting a support group for people mm-hmm. who lost everything, which totally makes sense for him because yeah. even prior to this movie, he lost everything. He awoke in a time after all his friends and family were dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scarlet Black Widow is kind of yep. running Avengers headquarters and keeping track of things all over the world and the universe. She's checking in with Rocket and Nebula, who are off on their own, and Captain Marvel, who's policing other planets, and with her short hair, with her short hair, which, which I awesome. love. I love the short hair. It's and great. Hawkeye has become Ronin because he lost his whole family. Nailed it. You called. You called. And uh, so he's out murdering, which I really like that. He's murdering all the criminals who didn't, like, who should have died if there was any justice yeah. died in the snap, but didn't. Yeah. He's a total bad A. Yeah. I love the look of that whole scene. What is he? He's in, what, Japan or Japan, somewhere like that. Yeah. It's very beautifully stylized and it's so dark and it's rainy and it felt like a comic book. Oh yeah. Like I could almost see like the, the drawn rain dripping off of like his character. Like it would be, yeah. in a panel and that part was, I really liked that part and he's so broken and he does broken really, really well. Well, I would, I would say that out of the main Avengers, the six of them, this is probably the strongest showcase for all of them for their acting abilities. Like they yeah. were all like top of their game. Like yeah. the only one who didn't really get really dramatics to do was Professor Hulk in this one. But, like, right. 
Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., especially that opening where he has the IV in and he, like, is just totally broke. But he nailed, like, when he snaps at Captain America and says, like, I have nothing for you. No coordinates, no weapons, no trust, liar, and, like, everything like that. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this guy. Yeah. He was phenomenal in this film. Yes. They really all were. It was, I've, I've seen it written in a few different articles, um, but this movie really is a love it's a love letter to Marvel fans who have been invested in these movies for all of these years. Mm-hmm. It really felt like that. I well, felt like it, they did so much right. Well, they had so many callbacks to all the films, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like direct quotes from other films. They mm-hmm. and I loved loved the fact that they had no after credit scene, so it really did seem like an ending. Like if this, this is the end of the story, and you can either continue mm-hmm. on from here or jump off the train if you want. Like, but this is the end of this story so far, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it felt like it, it wasn't it wasn't like one of those shows that goes on well past its prime. It really felt like it ended right, you know. Even though I feel there are definitely some of the movies building up to it where, you know, some of the movies are your favorite and some of the movies aren't your favorite. But as far as the end game for this end game, it was perfect. To me, it was, I mean, I walked out just very, very happy. And I cried. I cried like, too. Times. And to- Multiple times. So I loved everything with Tony Stark and his daughter. Me too. And the whole I love you 3000 thing. Love you 3000. <laughs> he uses that in real life. That, they took oh, that yeah. from Robert Downey Jr.'s real life. He added that to the script. That's, that's what him and his kids say to each other. So he from his real life. But like, oh my God, that hologram scene at the end after he died and they're listening to his final message. And you yeah. can tell he's going to turn it off, but then he stops and like eye level with his daughter says, I love you 3000. Shuts up. I was like, oh. yeah. 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 So let's talk about that end scene real fast or like the end, um, the funeral, so to speak scene, right. Where they send his chest piece off proof that Tony Stark had a heart, um, which I liked. And then I like the slow pan through the groups of people at the funeral and how they're all interconnected. And did you notice who was in there? Kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah, he was Harley Keener. Yep. And who's he going to come back as? Iron Boy? Maybe? That would be He's cool. got to come back. It would be cool. I was so excited to see him, though. The only reason I knew who he was is because you had mentioned when we did the Iron Man 3 episode that you had seen his billing in mm. Endgame, and you're like, I wonder why he's in there. And so when I saw him, I got really excited. And Hannah's like, why are you so excited about that? <laughs> who is that kid? And I'm like, I know exactly who that kid is. He, he, I mean, he grew up a lot since Iron Man 3. Like, yeah. I feel like if I didn't know just from seeing his billing, like, prior to this, I'm w- not sure I would have pegged him right away who that was. No. I, I No. Yeah, there's no way I would have. I would have had to have done what probably everybody did and went back and was like, who was that guy? I mean, I've even seen articles like, who is the kid at, you know, mm-hmm. at the funeral? Who is that kid? So I like how they slipped that in there. Little, it's not over yet. We'll be yeah. back. Mm-hmm. So, Ant Man. I loved Ant Man in this film too. I loved Ant-Man. 
Speaking of the time travel, I loved all the stuff with his references to time travel come from pop culture. Ah, <laughs> uh, he even dropped a Christmas movie. He said Die Hard. No, Die Hard's not a time travel movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ant-Man so much. I, I love, love the, it's just a small scene. But when they're planning the time heist and they're trying to figure out where all the stones are and they get Thor to talk about <laughs> talk about the ether. And he's going on and on about Jane and Asgard <laughs> and how it's sludge and not a stone. And they're all just like looking exasperated with him. But they pan over to Ant-Man who's like enraptured by what he's saying. Yeah. Nodding along excitedly. Because I love that thing. he's just a fanboy of them all because he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he doesn't, he fights them in Civil War. Civil War. But then... Like, he really doesn't have a lot of interaction with them other than that one fight, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I like that, too. Yeah. He also had my favorite line in the film, which I'm going to have to bleep out. But it's when Tony Stark comments about how Captain America's, we'll say, butt looked in his costume. <laughs> and, and Ant-Man's like, don't worry, Captain. I think it looks great. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's butt. <laughs> like he like salutes it from Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I also like when they're they're kind of training, getting ready for the time travel part, and um he has that taco. <laughs> the taco blows out of his hands. <laughs> and then Professor Hulk brings him little Teeny, tico, teeny tacos in Hulk's hands, which they're normal size tacos. But that made me really happy too. I really liked Professor Hulk. I really liked him. My daughter did not. So I thought they... Well, no, she didn't. Her friend didn't because she's like, isn't Hulk supposed to be like mad all the time? Serious. Yeah. And he doesn't seem as scary now that like, he's Professor Hulk. So I think Sarah pointed out too about the Hulk. She mm-hmm. feels like, depending on the movie and the scene, he's either like 20 times the size of everyone else or maybe just like two heads taller than everyone else. Yes. His, he seems smaller in this movie. Yeah. Except for those few scenes where you're like, oh, he's gigantic there. But no, like when he's walking alongside them, he does not seem that big. I will say my favorite scene with Professor Hulk in this film was when they go back to New York and they see the Hulk smashing everything. And he's just like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. And then they're like, smash a few things along the way. He's like, hey, but it seems, seems a bit so excessive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, oh, punches and attacks. <laughs> so funny. Oh, that was funny. I really liked it. I really I, so it. I liked it, but I didn't. Like, I feel like everyone got their, like, kind of serious, like, and I get, like, he, they just didn't give him, I always felt Bruce Banner was a serious one, and this one, he was a comedic, like. He was. You know what I mean? But I feel like he's been building to that the last few movies. Ever since Ragnarok, he's been. But I feel like it changed him. Like, I feel like, yeah. like I don't know if Bruce Banner's the type who, like, you know would have come up with a catchphrase like Hulk out when he's like taking the selfie with the kids and everything like that just right you know what I, I well no I don't think Banner would have at all oh but it's a merge so maybe of the personality. it's the yeah. mixture of yeah because I would I think Hulk is playful 
He's yeah. violently playful for sure, but maybe that's what it is. It's the id and the, you know, ego. I, there, but yeah, so I did, I did like he was the one who brought them all back. He did the first snap that brought everyone back because that mm-hmm. was a nice callback to me, to the original Avengers, where he was talking about how he tried to kill himself, but the Hulk wouldn't let him. And Tony yeah. gave him this pet talk about how, you know what, that accident should have killed anyone, but you survived and you survived for a reason. And like, mm-hmm. this was the reason. Oh, Only yeah. one strong enough to snap and bring him back. Look at that. I, I have, I need to do a big marathon watching of all of them. Do you, don't you want to do that now? Like I set do. some time aside to do that so you can start to remember all the Easter eggs that they have in here and where they came from and stuff. So I bet I know which moment you loved and I loved it too. Uh, all the female superheroes teaming up at the end. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, all of them was so awesome. In that final battle, you had Valkyrie, you had Pepper Potts as rescue, um, Captain Marvel, who is like my new favorite thing. Plus Scarlet Witch got some action in there. And Gamora, like, past Gamora, yeah, present that's Nebula. right. The yep. Wasp. I liked uh, Nebula. Michonne. I don't know yes. characters. Okoy. Okoy. And, uh, uh-huh. Shuri. And Shuri was in there too. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're missing somebody. Maybe not. That part was awesome. Oh my gosh. It Just was. missing Black Widow. All right. But you know what? I'm glad she she went out of hero's death. And I loved that. I do too. Yeah. That fit. And that worked for me. And her death I scene. Like, just the way, maybe it was the red hair and her blood on the snow down on the ground. It was, like, a beautiful shot. Like, I feel weird saying that, but it was, like, beautifully, like, cinematography-wise. Beautiful. Yeah, it was. That scene was just rough, though, between her and Hawkeye, which I liked that it was her and Hawkeye, too, because they've always had that special understanding between the two of them because they both kind of come from the same background that whole lots of what red in my ledger both of them have that well um, they always talk about budapest so they had been partners for a while right exactly I, I, so. I loved when and it's heartbreaking because we knew going when they were heading there one of them's gonna have to die yeah but they didn't know that. and no, I love. I just love that brief shot of them like zooming through space, and they're just laughing, like because it's mm-hmm. far beyond anything they've ever done before. Yeah, like yeah. So I read an article interview with the Russo brothers about that, or the writers maybe, where they had a version where Hawkeye died instead of her. yeah, and then like uh, one of their female production assistants or producers read it and said, "Don't take that away from her. She should be the one who does it." Yes. I think I read the same article and that's so right. It really is. It was. Yeah. And, and I like how that is magnified by how she is after the five years. So when you revisit everybody five years later, she's broken. Um, she's trying to keep tabs on everybody. I mean, at that point, you know, Hawkeye is off in Japan. And so she's really trying to keep tabs on him and she's trying to keep this group together and she's struggling to do it. So giving her this moment is like a, something she can contribute that like nobody else, you know, I, I liked that. I liked how valuable her part was. Yep. It seems like an afterthought in some of the movies. 
um, because she's not really super and Hawkeye, I guess, isn't really either, but I've always loved her character and wanted more and I'm excited for her prequel. Yeah, me too. Her origin story. I'm really excited to see that. So I wonder, do you think we'll ever see her again in the present or the future? If they were, they made a point of saying at the end there when Chris Pratt, when Star Lord was searching for Gamora on the ship, he was looking for present day Gamora, not the past one who's still in the present. So maybe mm-hmm. there's some kind of soul world, and they may run into her again. Maybe I don't know. Anything goes. I did like her. how upset they all were over her death too. Yeah, me too. Like Thor had a little. Yeah, and though why couldn't you just bring her back? Why couldn't you bring her back with the you know? With the well, stones no, or whatever. What did he, say? he was like, why are you talking like she's gone? We have the stones. We could just bring her back. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was- oh, can I just say also that the opening scene with Hawkeye's family was just terrible on so many levels because I knew what was going to happen. And I'm like, I can't watch this. It would hurt me to watch. It was so, oh, it was so terrible. Mar- Marvel has mastered the perfect balance, though, between comedy and drama, though, because even though this movie was darker than anything they've done and more dramatic, but Mm -hmm. they still kept it light, which Mm -hmm. I appreciate. They did. They did. The ebb and flow of the emotions was great. And I I did not expect them to kill Thanos five minutes in. Like, I thought that was... I didn't either. I did not know what was happening. Like, at that moment, I had no idea what was going to happen none and so i was trying to take everything that i'd seen from the trailers like in those few minutes and i'm like how do we piece this together after he's Mm. dead he can't stay dead how's he gonna come back you know and your brain starts racing like i don't know what just happened and i love that scene though like when at the beginning when they're going to that planet to Mm. take on thanos and rocket's like okay who here hasn't been to space before and captain america (laughs) ever the boy scout raises his (laughs) <laughs> Rocket's like, don't throw up in my ship. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't one of them super excited? I think it's Scarlet, uh, not Scarlet Witch, Black Widow and Hawkeye are really excited. Okay, okay. Hawkeye wasn't there at the beginning. Haw- Scarlet, so much have been Scarlet Witch. Uh, oh, Black Widow. But so, they had a really nice shot when they took off in space at the beginning of space, like reflected in Captain America's eyes. And it's just kind of like, yeah. he's come from like, you know, the little kid from Brooklyn. Yeah, how about that? Hmm. It was uh, so good. And speak out. Did anybody cheer when he picked up that hammer? I was about to say, did any? What was the reaction in the theater when he picked the hammer up? Uh, it was like you know, standing ovation at a concert type level of cheering. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome! It, it was. We had a few people go, yes. Yeah. And I was super excited. And I love how Thor goes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew he could. <laughs> that oh, was, it awesome. was awesome. But the minute you saw the hammer start rising, you knew it was him. I was like, oh. Yes. Yeah. And he Thor didn't just pick it up. He knew how to twirl that thing. He was yes. shooting lightning. It uh-huh. was awesome. Yeah. You know, if I had the choice between Mjolnir and Storm Chaser, I would totally pick Storm Chaser. Would you? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that thing is awesome. I love that axe flying through the air. Is it just because you don't think you're worthy enough to pick up Mjolnir? <laughs> Probably. Of the three of us, I'm the most worthy to pick up Mjolnir, can I just no, say? 
No one is arguing that. <laughs> no one is. No, arguing. man, I just love that axe. I really like that axe. And I loved, can I say, um, I loved Thor's Norse beard when it's braided, when he goes into battle. I wish we would have had that like a long time ago. So one of the things I like about that, like when he got his armor and his beard, like right before going to battle, is that they didn't like ab him up again. Like, because I saw a lot of people online saying he was kind of like fat shaming, but no. Because if it was fat shaming, they would have made him like, oh, he's a hero again. He's like ripped again. But no, they kept him right. a be Thor. Like he was still a right. hero. And I like that. Right. Yeah, I did too. And you know, when you think about like when you see Norse warriors like that, they're not they're skinny beefy, and ripped. Yeah. <laughs> they're beefy. They're gigantic men. They're like the epitome of manly man. So that – I love yeah, that his mom told him to eat a salad. <laughs> 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 I love that they brought his mom back. So this is a three-hour movie, so I had to get up and go to the bathroom at one point, and I was trying to be strategic with it. So it was when they get to Asgard in the past. So I missed the Jane, the parts where you see the back of Jane's head or whatever. I was super fast. But I got back in time for his mom, and I'm really glad because I always loved him and his mom in the other Thor movies. So I was really glad to see her. She got more to do in this movie than she did in the other. Yeah, she did. And I liked how she says, um, she knows that he's not from her reality. And he's like, how do you know that? And she's like, I am a witch or I was raised by by witches. Right. (laughs) That was cool. He's just so matter of fact about it. So if I had to go to the bathroom during any part of the movie, it'd probably be the Asgard like that. Yeah. That's probably the part. That's the part. Yeah. That if I had to pick any, like, and I thought for three hours, it kind of, it actually went really fast. But like, if I had yeah. to pick a part that kind of slowed down a little bit, it's the Asgard scene, and that's probably the yeah. part I would have got up during. That's what I was hoping. I think it was a good choice. But you know, for it being a three-hour movie, like you said, it didn't feel like a three-hour movie the whole time. There were moments oh, right. that drug a little bit but i feel like you know there's a lot of stuff they're jam-packing into this movie um so, so i was I, happy it didn't feel like it just lasted forever so i like that not only did thor get closure with his mom but tony got closure with his dad which i really liked. i loved that too i loved that too i loved that part that whole section where they go back and then they go further back right to try and intercept it at an earlier point because Another part I loved where Loki steals the show again and and where they're trying to retrieve it early on. And I like how Captain America says, um, hail Hydra in the. So, you know, what I loved about that whole thing was, you know, in the Avengers, we didn't see what happened in the aftermath. I like that. We got to see uh-huh. the aftermath, like all the shield yeah. and who we think are shield agents showing up on the scene and swarming the mm-hmm. scene and. I liked all that. Like it was kind of cool to see the end of that movie from another perspective. Mm-hmm. And like we saw like why all of a sudden at the end of that movie, Loki has a random mouth thing on, and it's because he turned into Captain America and like was mouthing mm-hmm. off. So Thor slapped it on him to show slaps him. it on there. That's right. I liked that, and it was good to see Loki again, even if it was just for a brief. So now there's a Loki out there again, right? Because he it's disappeared in reality the, somewhere, wherever. Yeah, that's still a different reality. So is that and how they're clipping the branches? Was Captain America would have stopped that because he said he was going to go back and make sure there are no branches. 
Right. But Loki's also a trickster, right? He is a trickster. So, I don't know. I did, I did like that when Hulk brought everyone back, Loki didn't come back, Vision didn't come back, and Gamora did. Like, everyone who died not from the snap. Stayed, stayed dead. dead. Yeah. Right. I didn't know how they were going to deal with that. I thought maybe that they would all come back, right? Mm-hmm. But it was, I don't know, it was more realistic that they didn't. Because it does kind of make sense. He just reversed the snap. So and I have to say, Tony went out like a hero. I loved when... The death Thanos, scene was great. When Thanos said, I am inevitable. And he snapped and nothing happened. And then you saw him. Yeah. I knew he was going to say it, but it was still awesome hearing him say, and I yeah. am Iron Man. Yeah. Yes. That was perfect. Yep. Yeah, that was absolutely perfect. The movie was so good. And his emotional My, like hug with Peter Parker when Peter Parker came uh, back. When he comes back. It's just and it when it's so at the beginning when Iron Man gets off the spaceship he's been on with Nebula after the snap and he finally gets reunited with Peter Park with <laughs> he finally gets reunited with Pepper. And it's a really emotional reuniting and he just says, I couldn't save the kid. And he's yeah. so torn up by that. Yeah, he says, I lost a kid. And Captain America says, we lost. Like, you're, like, trying to comfort him, which I, yeah. I liked. It. Well, and even, yeah. like, it's kind of like seeing the picture of him and Peter Parker. Like, that convinces him to, like, maybe look into the time travel thing. I, I yeah. did love that line when they go to him about the time travel. And he's like, I have to stop you right there, Scott. Are you basing your knowledge of time travel on Back to the Future? And Scott's like, no. And he's like, good, because that would be idiotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I really, I love Ant-Man so much. I really I, do. And I love, too, when Tony decides to finally help them to get back in the game, that he leaves his priorities out right away. Like, you know what? Bring everyone back, hopefully, but have to keep what we have in these five years. Absolutely must. Yeah. Which was an interesting choice because now, like, they're going to be people like five years older, or you know. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, and they won't- yeah, because Peter Parker says it was like he fell asleep and then woke up, kind of woke back up. So it was in a flash for them. It's convenient. It seems all his friends also got dusted, so they're still all in high school in the Spider. That is convenient. <laughs> But, you know, it's interesting, though, when you think about, like, what that actually means, though. So, like, you're going to have, like, husbands or wives waking up, and they think they're just gone for five minutes, and then their spouse probably moved on in those five years, or, like... I don't know. I think there's less of a chance you can move on in that kind of an environment. Especially because, like, the guy that was in the support group, he was still trying to move on from his husband, and he just couldn't. Okay, then, like, what about somebody who's, like a world leader or something who got snapped. Yeah. You wake up thinking you're still going to have all this power, but nope, your government went on. They had to find some way to function without you. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so funny because clearly the um, 
sanitation departments seem to have shut down just a bit. There's a bunch of trash on the streets when Ant-Man is trying to find his family. And I do love that his daughter was still around and he had to deal with that whole five-year thing as well because she's older and he didn't even recognize her right off. So the sanitation department is struggling, but there's brand new models of Audi and multiple Audi models on the road, and I'm like, I saw your Facebook, that on, product, your Facebook status. Oh, <laughs> so some people had their crap together. <laughs> I suppose I if the car company did, countries were still running governments. <laughs> so, so did the end, like the very end, when you see the world celebrating, kind of remind you of the end of Return of the Jedi, where you get all the shots of all the planets and the fireworks going off? Yeah. Like especially when you saw Wakanda, that looked very Star Warsy. Oh yeah. Wakanda looked great. Yeah. yeah, it did. That's funny. I didn't think of it at the time. I kind of thought of Independence Day, honestly. Yeah, I know that too. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> I was like, day. oh, it's like Independence Day. Um, yeah, the fireworks. and Yeah. So I got chills when all the portals started opening up and all the heroes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's like, what we need to talk about. Like, cool you want to talk about the score, the- too? Like, the yeah. score swell. Bought it. Oh, Bought yeah, it when I, I walked too. out. Yeah, man, that scene is awesome because the snap has happened, like the unsnap has happened, but like you don't know anything yet. And all of a sudden, all of the Doctor Strange, yeah, like circles start because there's this massive army, uh, Thanos' army, which brings you back to the first Avengers when you see all those nasty flying, you know, things and like the dog creatures and all of that stuff um, are like coming at them. You don't know what they're going to do. And all of a sudden all those portals open, people start coming out. It's all the people that you missed. And so it's, they're having like this reunion at the same time. They're finally like, we have a chance now. And oh, the, fir- the first thing you hear that. before you even see the portals is cap. Can you hear me on your left? Which is what, and I love yes. it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So good. So full body chills. So good at that moment. I got so excited. I was like grinning ear to ear, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. And then just a shot of them all charging Thanos' army. You get that one shot of Thanos kind of looking like, oh crap. Like as they're mm-hmm. all like standing there. And then yes. they all charge each other. Uh-huh. And things get a little dire. And then I love that Captain Marvel comes in. People are like, what is that? And she just demolishes that ship. Just trashes Uh, that ship. And then she has the moment, like, what made any teenage boy's heart flutter, where she lands in front of Peter Parker. He's like, hi, I'm Peter. (laughs) And she's, like, all, like, kind of, like, flirty. Hey there, Peter Parker. And, like, I was like, oh, my God, if I was Peter. I love how sassy she is. I really do. She's not a robot. I love how, like, sassy she is. She's my yep. new favorite. Yeah, that's when she's she's trying to take the gauntlet from him because he's hurting a little bit. He's done his duty. And I love the passing it around that they do to the different characters. And that was very fun to watch. Very, very fun. And I just love how hyperactive and excited, even in the midst of the battle, Peter is. Like, yeah. Gary catches him on her Pegasus, which was awesome. He's like, oh yes. My oh my gosh. <laughs> so cool. And, oh, I, and I love that Thor hands, hands Asgard over to Valkyrie, too. Yes. I loved that. You think she'll become Thor? Thor? I think if there's a Thor 4, so. it'll probably be her. I don't know. I kind of love her as Valkyrie. And I hope that Korg and Meek are her, like, Warriors 3 that Thor had. Oh because gosh. I want Korg and Meek to stick around. 
I love Korg. I loved the little bits we got of Korg and Reek. Like we saw them, <laughs> we saw them glimpse of them in the final battle. That's the beginning playing Fortnite. Uh, Thor, that kid's back again, and Thor's just so <laughs> serious. He's like, he gets yeah. so angry. <laughs> Thor, God of Thunder. <laughs> Thor, God of Thunder. Yeah, you go crying to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> And just the expression <laughs> Rocket has on his face as he looks <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's so funny. Chris Hemsworth does comedy so well. But he like, does. I was cracking up during that scene at the end when him and Star-Lord are kind of passive-aggressively <laughs> arguing over who's in charge. So I was like, I'm in charge. He's like, yes, you're in charge. And he does this like weird little thing with his eyes where he's smiling. <laughs> like, it's so funny. <laughs> I really it's not the hope- first time they've done that. They did that in Infinity, Infinity War, War. Too, right? So funny. But it's just that this time he's even more like passive aggressive. Like Infinity War, he's mm-hmm. more like forceful. This time it's just very passive aggressive. <laughs> <Just loves> it. <laughs> and I really hope they keep him with the Guardian to the next Guardians movie. And I mean, it's just doesn't yeah. pick up and it's like, oh, they dropped Thor off somewhere. Yeah. Cause I love Thor. Especially this new Thor. He's really had the biggest arc of like character change of all of them because he went from super serious in the original Thor that Kenneth Branagh did to Ragnarok, which is like a total 180 with all the funny and the bizarre future you know universe not future but different worlds and he's just that's fun what they watch. originally wanted the after credit scene of captain marvel to be did you read that uh-uh you saw captain marvel right so you know she yes. says jude law off at the end you know go warn the um, yeah for them right so the original after credit she sends scene, him to ronin right i thought the sent i thought she sent it back to the planet to warn the sentient being what's the the ai Oh, that's right. But whatever. The, but the after credit scene they had originally planned for that was Jude Law crashing somewhere and he doesn't know where he is. And behind him, you just see the devil's anus from Thor Ragnarok. And he had crashed on that planet and ended up there, which would have been so funny. <laughs> that would have been funny. Oh, my gosh. That would and have been funny. I love the credits, though, where we got... Like, even people who are only in the movie for 30 seconds, they, like, single mm-hmm. them out because they've been in all the prior movies and mm-hmm. give me all the feelings. And how the core Avengers had the signatures and, like, the name really big. It was... And they gave Downey mm-hmm. the last shot as they should have. Oh, yeah. As they should have. Yep. And then at the very end of the credits, you hear the sound from the first Iron Man movie, him building his original armor. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yep. I need to watch Iron Man again. This is the ending I needed to really love Iron Man. I think with this ending, I can all like the originals that like more. I mean, Iron Man definitely had like the arc of these movies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like Thor probably changed the most, but Tony Stark definitely had the most satisfying yeah. arc of them all. Yeah. Yeah. Thor's was just funny. Mm-hmm. So does it rank near the top of your Marvel movies? I think it's my favorite. Mine too. Yeah, it's at the top. And then I rewatched Infinity War after I saw Endgame, and I liked it more than I higher. I would I would rank it higher now than I ranked it that day. Um, I've since seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Very funny 
really liked it. Um, I've seen Black Panther, loved it. I've seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. I still haven't really, I don't think I've seen the original Ant-Man yet. Um, so I'm filling the gaps in and they're just fun. They're all so fun. When Endgame comes on Blu-ray though, I definitely want to do like a watch of them all. Like back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you start now, by the time you get to Endgame, it'd be out. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many movies. Um, Oh, so good though. Maybe for a Patreon episode, we should do a commentary for Endgame when it comes out. That would be cool. Live and do a commentary. That'd be a long show. It'd be three hours and two minutes. (laughs) It would be a fun show. Especially if we get Tom on, because then he could be like the cynic bringing us down. <laughs> he really would. He really would be that cynic. But Endgame, for those who have, well, you should have seen it if you stuck around for all that talk. But if you haven't, mm-hmm. you'll see it like right now. Right now. Yeah. And even if you did stick around for the talk and it totally spoiled the whole thing, still go and see it. Still go still and see it. I mean, I imagine, judging from its box office, all of you have seen it already. I feel like everybody on this planet has already seen it. <laughs> but uh, go see it. Go see it again. Yeah. So good. Um, okay. Well, for those of you that stuck around for the Endgame part, we would love to talk to you about Endgame, but I still feel like it's not a safe space for spoilers. So maybe if you want to chat with us on our social media sites, um, let's keep it to Parks and Rec and non-spoilery endgame stuff because I so don't want to be that guy. Um, you can find us at all of our social media sites with the simple, super handy link that Tom created for us, which is tisthepodcast.com backslash whatever social media site you want to put in there. So backslash Twitter, backslash Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook and you can also get to Patreon that way, can't you? Yes. <laughs> or backslash Reddit. You can get to all of our social media sites with that super easy link or the hard way just by going to straight up all of those sites and searching for Tis the Podcast or Tis the Pod if you're doing Twitter. Um, come talk to us. We really love the interaction. Uh, we like the ideas for movies. If you come across a super awesome Christmas movie that we have not even mentioned yet, please mention it to us and we'll get it on our list. And um, we just like talking. And we also love reaching out to new listeners via reviews. So if you get your podcasts on Apple Podcast Store, you can leave us a review there. Um, the better the review, the easier it is for people to find us because our name rises to the top a little bit. So do that if you have a chance and you haven't already. Um, or really anywhere you get your podcast. So Stitcher or anywhere else that you get your podcast. Reviews are awesome and they're helpful. And we actually just got two new reviews on iTunes. Yay. Uh, Both five-star reviews. One was from Trevor, and he wrote, Good pod, can you review Fred Claus? Oh, yeah. That's definitely will be on our list at some point. And then we also had a review from April 4283. And they wrote, love this podcast. While I may not always agree with their movie assessments, ahem, A Christmas Story is amazing. I love this podcast. The hosts go so well together. I love their detail and flow of their reviews. Thanks, guys. And I just want to point out... I just want to point out that I defended that movie, guys. You did. You did. Tom um, and I were the worst on that one. But with those two reviews, we actually hit 50 iTunes reviews. Hey, awesome. Thanks, guys. 
So we would love to hit 100 by Christmas. Lofty goal. But maybe we'll have a contest <laughs> or something. And it's yeah. you We've got some giveaways time. piling up. We do. We just have to figure out what we want to do with it. <laughs> what kind of contest we want to have. Give us some um, ideas for contests. That would be helpful because we are terrible at figuring out how to give away awesome stuff that we find during the year. So because this week we had some scheduling issues, mainly due to my computer, and then Tom couldn't be on, and mm-hmm. that's why we did this, what we thought was going to be a mini episode, but I think it's going to turn out to be a full-length <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> next week we're going to do the Modern Family Christmas episodes we were supposed to do this week. And it actually worked better that we didn't um, record those this week, because there was actually one we didn't include, so we would have missed a Modern Family episode, too. So (laughs) if you want to do your homework for those, we will be covering Season 1's Undeck the Halls, Season 3's Express Christmas, Season 5's The Old Man in the Tree, Season 7's White Christmas, and Season 10's Stuck in the Moment. And the week after that, we're doing the 30 Rock Christmas episodes. And if you want to follow along and watch those in advance, you can. They're season two's Luda Christmas, season three's Christmas special, season four's Secret Santa, and season five's Christmas Attack Zone. So lots of good stuff for you guys to watch in the next And we also have other fun episodes coming up too. Two listeners, regular listeners, Todd Killian and Jerry Devilla, will be guest hosting episodes coming up this summer um, because they donated to us on Patreon. So if you want extra Tissa podcast content, uh, full-length episodes, stickers, we're going to get buttons if you want to recommend a movie or even maybe co-host an episode with us depending on the level of patronage you want to subscribe to, you could do that too. But for as little as a dollar per month, you can definitely at least get a sticker and bonus episodes. So you should check that out. So we have some other news. And it's kind of exciting. It's exciting news because we're almost out of the 200s, which is crazy. There are only 226 days until Christmas. That's only 32 weeks. Insane. It is insane. We're almost halfway there, honestly. Only a few episodes until the halfway mark. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This podcast literally speeds time up. So. Speeds time up? You want to get to Christmas faster? Check out Tis the Podcast. I'm sure there was a time travel end game joke in there somewhere I could have made, but I can't think of one. (laughs) Missed opportunity. (laughs) Missed opportunity. What can you do? All right, guys. What can you do? You can do your homework, guys. And until (laughs) next week, have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. All through the year we've waited, waited through spring and fall, to hear silver bells ringing and winter time bringing the happiest season of all. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose You 
yuletide carols being sung by a choir and folks dressed up like Eskimos oh everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight